Hello and welcome everybody. Welcome to Journey Live. I'm your host Jeff with Dustin, Jeremy, Jeff, and a very special guest. Tara, say hello everybody. Hi. It's a birthday edition, isn't it? Yeah. Ooh. April Fools. Yeah. Birthday boy. It's my birthday today, in case you didn't know. I will be receiving checks in the mail uh, or just direct deposits to my bank account right now. So, yeah. What's your account number? Yeah, 911 <laughs> <laughs> We'll post that on Facebook. You guys can send a check to Jeremy for his birthday, born on April Fool's. But uh, I want to start us off with a, the random question of the day. I don't know if you guys know this, but Dustin Anderson was a backyard wrestler at one time in Fillmore. He made his name in the back country right there, uh, back with back town. But uh, I want to ask a question. Who is your favorite wrestler? Um, beside myself, Dustin Credible, uh, I definitely have to go with the excellence of execution. Brett, the hitman heart. Um, he was wow. absolutely the, the best technical wrestler it's ever been. The pink shades, the, the movement. So definitely Bret Hart. Wow. Uh, well, first of all, I, have, I want to see a video. I have net to see a video. So I'm hoping the video is going to come out about you wrestling. My favorite wrestler is Jimmy Superfy Snuka from the top shelf uh, coming off the ring. That's always the all-time greatest wrestler, uh, hands down. Mm. All right. Well, uh, mine uh, has to be uh, Randy Savage. Slap into a Slim Jim. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or we've got Ric Flair. Woo! <laughs> Tara, you got to have a, you got to have a favorite. Yeah, Tara, who do you have? Mine's pretty famous. And, you know, I, I, I love wrestling. I watch it all the time, you know, reruns <laughs> right now going on. But um, I'm about two feet tall and he's two years old and it's my toddler. Oh. I'm, I'm not a wrestling fan. <laughs> oh, wow. You can say Nacho Libre, too. Nacho uh, Libre. Nacho Libre, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I know for me, this goes back way, way to the olden days, but it was Yoko Zuna. He was, oh. he was a sumo wrestler and he was... Uh, a WWE or WWF wrestler and yeah. so so much fun well I'm glad you guys could uh, join us oh we got Sting right there look at that this is pretty awesome too it just takes us back and maybe you guys can vote and we'll find those uh, videos of Dustin uh, as a backyard wrestler I can't wait to to show it to you it'd be so fun today but we're going to be going through our passage in Romans if you guys uh, take a Take a moment, grab your Bible or, or pull it up on your smartphone. We're going through Romans chapter 10, verse 1 through 13. And this is not an easy passage. And so we're just going to kind of talk about it. We're going to walk it, walk, walk with you through it. And so pull that up. I'm going to be pulling up on my screen right here. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, a longing of my heart and my prayer to God is for the people of Israel to be saved. I know what enthusiasm they have for God, but it is misdirected zeal, for they don't understand God's way of making people right with himself. Refusing to accept God's way, they cling to their own way of getting right with God by trying to keep the law. 
For Christ has already accomplished the purpose for which the law was given. As a result, all who believe in him are made right with God. So Paul begins this section kind of like he did in chapter 9. You can obviously see that he's sharing his feelings. He's once again longing that the people of Israel are to be saved. And yet we read that they couldn't receive it. Why couldn't they receive it? Well, even though that they had plenty of enthusiasm, plenty of zeal for God, they, they refused to accept it because they wanted to cling to the Mosaic Law. If you guys remember the Ten Commandments on um, Mount Sinai, Moses received on tablets the law, plus the numerous, how many other laws is there, like 600 and something? 613. 613. Wow. And so, like want, <laughs> that's a lot of laws, but I always uh, ask people, like, how many laws do we have in the United States? And I don't think we can even count how many laws we have. So I would much rather have 613 than the amount of laws that we do today. But Paul highlights this interesting idea that um, we can have great enthusiasm for God, but it can be misguided. Now, I want to open it up to, to the panel, and I want to hear a story or experience where you thought you were headed in the right direction, only to discover that you were misguided or completely wrong. So let's start with uh, Jeff. Yeah, I was uh, thinking about this question, and uh, I, that was reminds me of uh, about a year-old journey. We were in the Boys and Girls Club, and uh, some things were happening. And, you know, I remember us making this shift from quit trying to appease man and people in the congregation and start committing to God. We were going, the church was doing good, but it wasn't great. We had 50 or 60 people. And the summer of our first year, we had to make a shift. Somebody left that kind of shook up the church. And I remember me and Jeremy kind of having this powwow and we came out in the fall with this sermon series that we were just going to submit to God. And it wasn't really the best idea that just like, let's go in an eight week sermon series to submit to God. But I remember how impactful it was. And within weeks and months after that change and that focus on just submitting to God and preaching what he wanted versus what man wanted, our church really started to grow and impact. Uh, it changed the way that we did church. And it was really cool. I can remember that moment just instantly. And it was uh, something I'll never forget. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think about so many times I've, I have like a malfunction GPS system in my mind. So I'll think I'm going down the right direction. Um, and you hit that, that wall at the end and you find out, well, that's not what God wants you to do. Um, so time and time again, I have too many stories to share about that, whether it be in, in cooking, whether it be in baseball, whether it be in trying to do TV stuff, I kept trying to do my own direction in life. And even though you feel something inside of me saying, probably make a U-turn, probably make a U-turn. Instead, I was like that, that one episode where the, you just keep driving into the lake, uh, even when your GPS is telling you to go otherwise. So that's from the office. I know. I didn't want to single anyway. I'm. Everyone watches it, but people don't remember the episodes. So. <laughs> I'm going to try to make an office, office reference every single week. Just, Season 6, episode 11. There you go. What do I know? 13 laws. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I remember when uh, Journey of the Church first started. Or I mean, we were in the backyard. We hadn't even started yet. 
and I had just uh, recently lost my job at another church, and uh, I was sitting at a job interview at a different church where I was applying for a job of a worship leader, and I, I just felt like in the interview that it was with this whole panel of people. It felt like, man, I've got this job. It's it's in the palm of my hand, and uh, it, it seemed right. It was going to cover all the bills. It was going to be an easy situation, it seemed. And uh, I just felt like this is totally not the right thing. Like the hard road is actually the road that, that God is calling you to. And uh, I just had to be honest with the people who were interviewing me and uh, just say like, you know what, I, I want to go start a church with Jeff Rodriguez. <laughs> I feel like that's what God is calling uh, me to do right now. And it was one of those moments where it felt like I was headed in the right direction, but you know, it really wasn't. And uh, figuring that out earlier on rather than five, 10 years down the road was a lot, a lot more, uh, I guess, better, <laughs> more better. I, I forgot about that story. That's a good one, man. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, and you're like, like how am I going to pay the bills now, you know? No know. salary, no money, no paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> what about Tara? What, do you have a, an experience you'd like to share about maybe a time when you're misguided or you're headed the wrong direction? Mine's not so religious, but um, <laughs> I was uh, headed out on to the airport to go see my sister because she was living in Ohio. And um, I think my plane flight was taken off at 10 a.m. I thought that's like that's a great time to leave you know like get to the airport let's leave at 8 30 8 15 and um everybody but us knew that like that's probably the worst time to leave and um I think it took I think we got there Jeremy was dropping me off about 10 minutes till and I was just booking it I, I knew my gate number and I was like there it is I'm gonna go straight down there just jetting down one one way until I realized that's not my gate <laughs> oh my gosh I've got like two minutes left and so I'm jetting down the other way and I you know I guess I was praying like hard and I was like god please help me to get on this because there's not many flights that go to Denton Ohio so I made it and that's my worst fear is being like the last one or just left behind. So exactly. I'm just like, my heart's pounding and pounding. And I finally make it. Nobody's at the gate. And I just, but the doors open and I just run down that hallway and I make it in there and I'm like huffing and puffing. The lady goes, okay, so you're our last person. That's <laughs> like, everybody starts clapping and I'm like, oh my gosh. That's awesome. Yeah. Kind of weird because it was Dayton, Ohio, not Denton. But Dayton, that's, Dayton, uh, yeah. Denton's in Texas, but you know, <laughs> maybe that was the problem. Got my mind on Texas. <laughs> uh, I know you don't. No one wants to be that person where everyone's just waiting, you know, waiting on you. Then, then they see you. And yeah. so, but thank goodness, thank goodness that we have uh, God's grace and the Holy Spirit, and He loves to even if we're headed in the wrong direction, He He loves to bring us back and. I know that there's many, many people even watching or tuning in that maybe you feel like you're headed the wrong direction and, and there's always time to turn back. There's always uh, hope, you know, and God always wants to receive you with, with loving arms. But let's move on to our next section, the idea of salvation is available for every, everyone. So let's go ahead and read that. We're in Romans 10, 5 through 8. It begins, for Moses writes that the law's way of making a person right with God requires obedience to all of its commands. 
But faith's way of getting right with God says, don't say in your heart, who will go up to heaven to bring Christ down to earth? And don't say, who will go down to the place of the dead to bring Christ back to life again? In fact, it says, the message is very close at hand. It is on your lips and in your heart. And that message is the very message about faith that we preach. So what's happening in our story, Jeremy? Can you kind of, that's kind of a confusing passage. Can you simplify that for everyone? Uh, well, here, uh, if you, maybe you look in your Bible, there's a concordance or there's a cross-reference. You'll see Deuteronomy uh, chapter 30, where Paul is loosely quoting the event where Moses is talking to the people of Israel about life and death, either choosing to love God and follow God or not to follow their own ways, build their own idols, continue down this path of making themselves um, essentially their own gods. And uh, he's basically saying that we don't have to go to these crazy extreme lengths in order to discover God's message. It's right there at hand uh, on your lips and in your heart, as it says. Yeah, I mean, sometimes pe people do crazy stuff in order to have a spiritual experience or define God. I've heard of people meditating in a cave for, for 20 years or going on some quest or taking even drugs and, and trying to have some kind of, it's like people, they, they go to these extreme lengths. And, but on the other side in Christianity or in our faith, sometimes I, I think that we make the gospel inaccessible or unreachable to people when really it shouldn't. I mean, does someone want to kind of share maybe an experience they had or, or share about that, what, what they see? Yeah, I'd love to talk about that because I'm not as holy as everyone else on this panel. Preach it. Yeah. Um, I'm one of the, the people that, that came to faith a little bit later. I did the original Sunday school stuff just to pass the time, but um, it took me a while to come back to faith just because it didn't seem – as appealing to me. Uh, I came from a very small Methodist church that used all these huge words and they made it seem very um, outdated and tough to understand. So me on the outside, I felt like I didn't have enough knowledge to move forward to say, okay, what do I do next? How do I accept this faith? How do I go to this person named Jesus when you're using all these words? I don't know what they mean. Um, what does, you know, Everything has an expiation at the end of it, and I don't understand how to put that in the layman's terms for myself. Uh, I'm very simple-minded, but when we make everything seem so uh, outdated, when our, our Bibles are have so much dust collected on because we're not using them, when we start telling people and using outside language that they don't understand, we're making it inaccessible to people. We're making it so they don't understand, and it's not something that they find that they want to be a part of because why are we going to join something we have no idea how to, to join in it's like an exclusive club how do we do this um, what are the next steps when it's not plainly laid out for me so it took a while uh, for me to find the right voice um, to kind of to listen to jesus put the right leaders in place where i was able to understand oh this is all you have to do actually is just start to accept him and move forward and try to have a want in your heart to understand more of who Jesus is and what he stands for. That's good. Sometimes I, I think that maybe people read the Bible or experience Christianity as something like uh, voting. You know, uh, we just 
had an election where we voted on some stuff and man, trying to read those propositions is like, I, I don't understand at all. Like, what is this bill going to support this or that, or is like healthcare or, or, you know, education. And I'm like totally lost and I need someone to like translate it. And unfortunately I think we do that with the church. And if you look at the church's history, they've been doing that uh, quite successfully for years. And it, it just, it really sucks. It really separates people from, from God and people from people, I think. I think that's a good answer. And I really like this format because it helps people engage a little bit. And it's just like what we would do normally on Wednesday night where the roundtable kind of helps give us a fuller idea of what people see and hear and learn. And, you know, my opinion is I, if I have a spiritual gift, one of them is to boil down the text and the gospel so that it's simple, mainly for me, because I'm a very simple person. But I didn't grow up like Dustin in, in uh, a Christian faith. I grew up as a Catholic, and we went occasionally, and we did some of the things, but I didn't understand it. And so I had to make it accessible and not make it about traditions and customs and things that, that make me right with God, but kind of like what Dustin was saying, just start accepting it and believing it and following it and making the text become part of who I am. And one of the ways that I do that, and I, I, I share this a lot, is I just ask questions. I ask questions to myself. I'll reach out to Jeremy or my wife or someone and say, hey, what do you think? Uh, and I think questions help me grow and make it more accessible for myself. And hopefully it's an easier way to kind of disseminate or give away to other people. Yeah. What about you, Tara? Do you, do you think we make, uh, or how do we make the gospel inaccessible or unreachable to everyday people? I don't know. I was just thinking like it, it, it's kind of like, you know, when we travel and we go into a foreign country and it's like, we don't know the language. We don't know like, you know, all the culture and everything. And we're, yeah. we're trying to make do. And it's, it's almost like sometimes it can get, it's, ex, you know, it's exciting and stuff, but it's can be draining that day when you're trying to figure out, like, you know, I remember when we were traveling in Rome and wanted to go see uh, St. Peter's and we get there and they're like, you can't come in because you have to be wearing a floor length skirt. And I was like, what, why? Like, I don't, I don't get it. I was wearing a Speedo you know? at the time. It was kind of weird. I'm like, <laughs> what, why won't you let me in? We're in Europe. Yeah. But you know, yeah, it's just, it's almost like the a different, like Christianity is a culture, but I think as, as our, our job to be inviting others is like making sure that, our language and everything that we say and do is is inviting and relevant to them you know good yeah that's awesome little shout out relevant there mm -hmm. i even think sometimes with discipleship we've made it so complicated it's like we have to get a graduate degree in order to be a disciple of god when we even have you know most people can even read for many centuries just they couldn't even read or didn't even have access to a Bible. And yet now it's like we are expected to, to be these like super scholars when it comes to the Bible. When really, like our mentor says, it's just the next step of obedience. And that's what discipleship is. It's not some class or some program or a, a coursework. Those things can all be helpful. I'm not against those things, but we made it very complicated. And, and it's intimidating. I remember coming to the church at 13 and not knowing any of the, the Bible, you know, the Quit the typical Bible stories that someone would know, David and Goliath or Moses or any of these things, Samson, that you're taught. 
even know I had no clue. And so when people were talking about it, you know, talking about it, it was like this language I, I didn't understand. But, but luckily, uh, salvation is, is so simple for us all. And in this next section, we're going to read about how we are saved. This is a, a verse that a lot of pastors, they, they quote. And so we'll have Dustin read that right now. Okay. So we're going to go for verse 9 for those following along. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. As the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile fare the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Amen. So what is Paul trying to say right here? Well, Paul is trying to, I love Paul because he, he's so brilliant, but he knows who he's speaking to. So he's actually telling people how you can get saved and how simple it actually is. Uh, I've heard so many times that the prayer of salvation is the most important prayer you're ever going to make in your life. So he's laying it out for you to understand what you are saying um, and what you have to do. And it's actually this, this two-part process. And this is why pastors always say this at the end of a message, because we're, we're getting fed by this message, and now it's our chance to respond in that way, that we are openly declaring that, that Jesus is going to be Lord of our lives. We are, we are openly handing everything over to him to make him in charge of our life. It's, it's no more of us doing this. We get a chance to then uh, declare what he did is that he came into this world and that he died for us to wipe out our sins. So that takes all of our sins out of the equation right there, um, which makes all of us on the same playing field. And he's the only one that could do that. Um, he then defeated death and he rose after three days, which is what we're going to celebrate in Easter very soon. Um, and then it's this chance to, clean our hearts, that now he's Lord and Savior over our hearts. Um, he's in control, and now he is one with us. So all we're doing is we're declaring it with our mouth and then believing it with our faith. So we say that prayer, and then you get welcomed into this amazing family. Um, it's as simple as that. You say it, you believe it, and then you do it. Yeah, I know some people, it's almost like you have to get right before you come to God. I know there's a lot of people I've talked to that they we make it almost seem like, well, you have to get your life completely sorted out, but you're saying it's, it's different, right? Yeah. It's interesting in this context, when you read it all together, we were discussing it earlier about, we tend to skip over all these first eight verses in Romans. But when you read it in context, you see that Paul is writing to his people saying they've made it something different than what it is. They've misunderstood the law. They've rejected the savior. They know the text, they should be excited for it, but then he says it's just as simple as what Dustin laid out. It's confessing and believing and make it a part of your life, and it's not about memorizing the Bible or knowing the Bible. It's just like uh, I think Barnett was saying, taking that next step of obedience, and that's kind of what I'm doing still today is what's my next step of obedience? If yesterday was good or bad and I need to make some amends, I take that next step of obedience and try and grow more faithful in Christ. Mm -hmm. Well, if salvation is so simple, if it's so easy, I mean, it sounds so easy from the passage. Why, why do you think more people aren't saved today? Let's open it up. 
I think that uh, we want to be Lord of our lives. I don't think that we often like handing, as Dustin said, all that, that control and uh, trust over to God. We want to be Lord of our own lives. We want to be captain and master of our own souls and experiences. And it's, it's a dangerous um, or scary thing, handing all of that over to Jesus. And I think that we love darkness. We love sin. We love all of these things that are not of him at least we are, are attracted to them. But then when we actually are in a relationship with God and pursuing him, he meets those desires in so many other ways that are way more powerful and way more fulfilling. And uh, making him Lord of your life, it, it should be an easy thing. Uh, and, a, you know, but it, it can be hard. It's, it's a struggle. It can be a trial, uh, giving up uh, control and everything else. Good. I think too, like just the, the, you know, kind of hard part for some people is just that level of just faith, just believing because, um, you know, when you believe or have trust and faith in, in something, then that means that, you know, you, you believe the best, <laughs> that the best is going to, you know, happen, but Man, you are popular. I don't know how to turn it off. (laughs) But, you know, like, it's like, I, you know, each day we have to have a level of faith and trust that, you know, my car is going to get me to the grocery store. I'm going to, you know, be able to do this and that and stuff. But having that level of faith, because, you know, we don't have that physical connection yet with, with God, but we have that spiritual connection and having that trust and faith in him that he actually is there and he's his um has his our best interest in mind good zeke's interested in saying stuff too so he (laughs) wants to get involved in the thing we're often our own biggest roadblock i've noticed like jeremy's saying letting go of that control um it's just tough if it's very simple to say just do it just say it and then believe it and make it happen because it's happened to us so we're able to, to tell you it actually works uh, when he's able to take control of your life. So um, I'd encourage people in the, the comment section to kind of tell us how your life has changed when after you've been saved as well. Once you said that prayer, what have been the steps moving forward that, that's changed your life? That's good. I like it to um, like working out. I mean, who woke up this morning? It's like, I'm going to eat better. I'm going to go for a run. I'm going to do all these things to make my body better. And we don't do it because it's hard. It takes work. And faith is the same way. Not that it's hard to do, but it's simple, but not easy. Because you got to stay connected and stay close to God and not let all these outside things kind of derail you, just like it would on a diet. If it was so easy at the beginning of the year dieting, everybody would be super thin by uh, this time, April 1st. But it's just not that easy. And faith is simple, but it's not easy. It's just making that step and being a little bit more obedient today than you were yesterday. And you'll wake up one day in six months or six years and go, man, my life has radically changed because of those simple steps. Yeah. I know for your life, especially like that surrender and giving up control is, was just huge and pivotal for, for you, even um, when you're in that jail cell, just finally having that moment, but it's not just a a one-time thing. I think sometimes we, we think we go to the altar, we're in tears or, we have a, a powerful experience and, 
And yet uh, surrender or giving over control of our lives to God is, is not this one-time thing or an experience. It's like a, something we do daily. And it's a struggle. Even, you know, just thinking with like the coronavirus and everything going on and, and just realizing like, wow, like I'm not in control of a lot of things. I'm, I'm not saying that we're powerless and we're just helpless and woe is me, but I'm just, I just makes you realize like, wow, like this is affecting so many things in life. And, and it really flies in the face of that, that issue of control in our heart. Well, I hope that um, those who are listening that you realize that, yeah, that faith is something like, like Jeff was saying, it's, it's, it's simple, but it's not easy. It's, it's something that it's a daily thing. It's a daily surrender for, for all of us. And if you're interested in getting to know uh, the Lord or, or would like to reach out, you can reach out to, to us on, on Facebook or, or through our, our email accounts. But let's, uh, let's end with some of our closing thoughts. Jeff, you have a, a closing thought? or Yeah, I was thinking about just uh, I want to encourage you to, uh, as a listener or part of the church that we're trying to do everything we can to make church more accessible and more friendly. And this format is super fun for us, and we're trying to make it more impactful. So look at some of the web changes and some of the things that Jeremy and Kate have done and the pulse checks, get involved. We're trying to minister to you guys in any way, shape, and form, and the world is changing in our lives daily, so kind of daily check in, and if you need some sort of help or prayer or something, please, please, please reach out. We want to be a part of your life. Everybody on this panel and the other six or eight that aren't here would love to communicate with you and be a part of your life, so thanks for tuning in and being a part of tonight. Just gotta listen, brother. I, I like the way that Dustin uh, just just put it so so plainly. It's just like confess it, believe it, and do it. Like live it out. That's the most important thing, especially um, at a time like this right now. We can either cower and hide away and and be full of fear, or we can meet the uh, uncertainty and fear with the reality that God is is not uh, surprised by this. That God is the one in charge. Uh, we got to listen up because maybe we were created for such a time as this and we can find our purpose right in the middle of this. Confess it, believe it, and do it, brother. Yeah, it's good. Uh, for me, it's just, I always wanted to go to those uh, Christmas, go to the Christmas. Christmas tree last time. It's hard to see, but um, <laughs> uh, I always wanted to go to a family reunion when I was younger. And so now if you guys say this prayer and you get to be a part of the greatest family ever, and we can go to that uh, family reunion at some point in our lives together. So yeah, just believe it. How about you, Tara? Good analogy. I was going to, you know, I just see it as like, um, you know, when you get married and you say your vows, but you don't have to say your vows every single day but you do have to work on that relationship and stuff. And so I see if salvation is like saying your vows to God, like I vow that I'm going to commit to you and stuff. And, and it's a matter of our, our actions going to follow that every each and every day. And um, I think today more than ever is vitally important that like we don't get sucked into all the, the hysteria and all the, the, the scary stuff happening right now, but that we just cling to, to Christ right now and then share, 
share that good news with everybody. Good. I like what you guys said. Yeah, well, thank you guys for for uh, joining us and, and for being here. Thanks to Dustin and Jeremy and Jeff and even our special guest, Tara. It was amazing <laughs> to have your guys' insight. And we hope that uh, you guys would respond in the comment section below. And and so, yeah, we just want to leave you the final blessing. May God bless you and give you peace for your family and keep you safe and whole in this time. And we'll see you next time.